Hi, this is James Devine, and I am an educator who has come out of the trenches. Listen in as my friend and colleague Dana Goodyear shares stories and tips from other educators who have come out of the trenches. Welcome to the Out of the Trenches podcast. This is Dana Goodyear. Thanks for listening. My next guest is Brian Faulkner. He is a principal of Conaland Carter Middle School in Conaland CUSD 302. He says that his focus has been simple from the very start of his career. He gives students what they need in order to be successful. He fully embraces teacher leadership and a shared leadership philosophy and looks for creative ways for staff so they can collaborate, share, observe one another, and continuously improve their craft. Saying he loves what he does is an understatement, and he's on a mission to make a difference in the lives of each member of his learning community. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thank you, Dana. I appreciate you having me here. Tell me about a time when you were in the trenches. Yeah, you know, and you know, I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts, and it's awesome. And I like when I hear in the trenches for me, though, as a principal, as an administrator, I look at it as what am I doing to not lose sight of what it's like to be a classroom teacher, what it's like to be a paraprofessional, uh, special services, you name it, even as far down to students. And so I've always tried to immerse myself inside of the school, inside of the classrooms, in, in the hallways, in the cafeterias. So I'm the type of person that I'm willing to do whatever it takes so I never lose that perspective of what it's like to be, again, a teacher or a student inside of this building. So, you know, one thing that I think all of us would talk about, regardless of the role, the last two years was the pandemic. And I subbed quite a bit. Yeah. And I, re- <laughs> I remember the first time I subbed in a classroom when we were in a hybrid model. So we had half the students in person and half the students online mm-hmm. and just taking attendance was difficult. <laughs> I was like, oh my, this is not easy. And then obviously uh, teaching the rest of the class period, I, I thought to myself, okay, I have a new perspective. What is it that I can do to, to be a better support, to better support the staff and even the students and the parents during this process? Because it was really, really difficult. Uh, but I've also been known uh, in the trenches uh, you know, when our food service director calls me and says, I am down for workers. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. throw me an apron. I'll throw an apron on and I will yeah. serve lunch all three lunch periods because that's what's needed. I'll uh, take people's homerooms from them. I, I'm doing a thing this year where it's just called homeroom takeover. And I take an entire team of students during their homeroom. So the teachers have some extra time to do whatever it is that they need plan and to take care of themselves. And I sit down with 140 kids in a team room and I talk to them and and I try to get a better perspective of what it is to be a student inside of our building. And so when I think of in the trenches and I can go on with story after story, but when it comes to in the trenches for me, it is what am I doing to never lose sight of what it's like to be a teacher, a staff member, a student in this building and gain that perspective so I can be a better resource. I can be a better support and honestly, just work together as an entire learning community. So I know that kind of, you know, is a little bit different from some of the in the trenches stories. But again, as a principal, I always feel like I better be in the trenches. If I'm not, I'm not doing my job well. Yeah, yeah. There's um, also, you told me there was a story about the lockdown model, um, just making sure that everybody's safe and supportive. Um, you have a, another story 
you wanted to share about that? Um, so a lockdown, uh, remind me, <laughs> I'm sorry, remind me. Um, so when, um, you know, I, I think, you know, just doing the drills um, that you have to do a couple of times a semester and yeah. um, maybe being more, uh, I don't know, visible kind of um, letting kids know what to expect or, you know, staff. Totally. Totally. Yes. And we just had our, it's very unfortunate, right? But we just had our mandatory law enforcement drill last week. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm always the type of person that this is not a surprise. I don't want it to be a surprise. I don't want it to be a, oh my, what's going on? You know, even before fire drills, I'm I'm the person who emails staff or tells students, hey, we're going to have a fire drill. Because I'm not here to try to panic you. I'm, I'm yeah. here to support you. And so I know you're going to learn best if you're not in a panic mode. And so like in our lockdown situation, I want our kids to know. I want our staff to know. I don't want it to be a surprise because unfortunately, if every, anything ever really did happen, I think practice, practicing it when you're in a good mindset is important for if it ever was to be a real situation. So um, I'm also the person that will get on the PA and just tell the kids, hey, great job. I love you. Thanks for doing everything. I'm sorry we have to do this. I'll sit down with them in the cafeteria and tell them the same thing. And our, our students are so awesome here. You know, they'll just say, we know, we know, we, like we get it. We know we have to do it. And, but I just want them to know that, you know, we're all here together and that we rally together to support them and meet their needs. And, and, and hopefully they get that. And it sounds like they do when I have those conversations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely being out and visible. Like you said, taking over that homeroom really goes a long way, especially if yes. it's a whole, you know, eighth grade team or something and yes. <laughs> the yes. teachers can have extra time. Right. So yes. um, in your bio, I talked a lot about the teacher leadership aspect. So how do you embrace teacher leadership and how do you encourage teachers who perhaps don't see themselves in teacher leader roles. Um, yeah. What's what's uh, something that goes on at your school that um, teachers are maybe observing each other? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, teacher leadership for me has always been a focus. And I've always told myself this simple phrase every morning I walk into the door. I, I, I kid you not, I tell myself, check your ego. It's mm-hmm. not about mm-hmm. you. It's, it's about them. And I've always felt some of the most powerful learning is peer to peer. You know, if you've ever been in a school and and, and I worked in a previous school where we had peer tutoring or peer peer helpers, it just seems like that peer to peer interaction works really, really well with students. Well, guess what? Works really, really well with us as adults, too, because the best learning usually is just right down the hallway or someone right next to you or somebody within your building. I've, I've always been an advocate of conferences and workshops and learning uh, from other people as much as you can, but I've always felt a connection because I, when I was a teacher, I went through, and this will date me a little bit, Project Chris training, which was all a bunch of independent strategies that students can do inside of a classroom to learn the content in their own way. And I'll never forget, Dave was his name. He was a, a, a colleague of mine. He we coached together. We played guitar and drums sometimes together. We had a really awesome relationship. And when he stood in front of 
the entire school and talked about two column notes, there was a connection there that I felt because I knew him. I knew I could go to him if I had questions. And I remember taking that two column notes strategy and saying, I am doing that tomorrow. And I did it the next day and I flopped. It was terrible. It was <laughs> awful. But I had Dave right there. He was right down the hall. And I, hey, Dave, why did this go so poorly for me? And, and he was able to talk to me. He was able to reflect with me. So from the very start of my career, I realized that teacher leadership is really powerful. And so when I became an administrator, I thought to myself, how do I put, as my phone rings, I apologize, but how do I put teachers in a position uh, to help lead our staff? How do I, how do I understand our, 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 our teachers, their strengths, mm -hmm. what they can bring to the table to help all of us continue to grow? So uh, I used to do a lot of teacher-led faculty meetings or team meetings where maybe we were talking about reading strategies or you name it, right? But then I realized, because I had a conversation with the teacher one year and, and I kept telling her like, I want you to present. I want you to talk to the staff about this. And she kept telling me, that's not my strength, Brian. I, you put me in, in a class with kids, I'm fine. You put me in front of a school of adults and I'm shaking, I'm shivering, I'm panicking. And it made me realize that her strength wasn't leading in that capacity. Her strength was leading more about just opening up her classroom and allowing people to, to come in and out of her classroom to see what she does and how she does it. And she was really comfortable with that. And it, it pushed my level of what really is teacher leadership. It doesn't have to be teachers standing in front of a, a faculty or presenting at conferences. Teacher leadership can be opening up your classroom for people to come and observe you. It could be being a part of our building leadership team where we're not always talking teaching and learning. We're talking everything. We're talking whole child. We're talking building wide you know, how do we continue to grow and get better? So I try to give as many opportunities for teacher leadership as possible, but it will only work if you get to know your staff. <laughs> if you don't know your staff and you don't know their strengths, you don't know how to put them in a position to lead. Mm -hmm. And so I, I make it a, a, a point that I am always getting to know the staff. Who are they? What do they like? What are their strengths? What you know, what are they passionate about? You know, what puts that fire in them? And because once I know that, then I can learn how to put them in that position to lead. But you also have to know not everyone wants to do that. And you have mm -hmm. to respect mm -hmm. that. You have to, you know, understand that that's okay. Not everyone in the building is going to be able to do that. But then continue to find people that you can build others or that can build others' capacities. So, uh, one of the things that we started doing here, uh, we call them TOTS, T-O-T, mm -hmm. Teachers Observing Teachers. Mm -hmm. And it is literally, as I tell them, it is for selfish reasons only. It's not like a hashtag observe mm -hmm. me or, mm -hmm. uh, hey, write down some feedback for me. If you want to do that, great, sure. But that's not what it's about. It's about you going into a classroom and seeing someone else in action. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I, I, you know, I've always said, I'm a better teacher now than I've ever been <laughs> because I'm able to see all these awesome teachers day in and day out when I get mm -hmm, into their mm -hmm. classrooms. And there, there, there's not a day that goes by that I say to myself, oh man, I wish I was teaching because I would totally steal that idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I miss teaching all the time, but it's awesome to see everyone else do their thing. 
Um, and so this, this teachers observing teachers morphed into even more a, a specific process where we had an Excel sheet where teachers could go in, they could put down their name, and then we had categories of where are you strong, you know, bell ringers, opening uh, with routines and expectations or uh, personalized learning, differentiating stations, you name it. And we had a list. So then teachers could look at that list and say, oh, so-and-so is really good at this. I think I'm going to go observe her. Mm -hmm. And so we actually had it built into our day, into our team meeting schedules that teams would go out and they would find someone that they're going to sit in the room five, 10 minutes at the most mm -hmm. and just try to learn something and, and use that as a collaborative moment. And it, you know, obviously went away for a little bit with, with some of the pandemic uh, uh, rules, but uh, you know, we've already had conversations of bringing it back because it was such a powerful learning tool. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, so those are a few ways, I guess I could talk about teacher leadership. I could probably talk all day about this, but um, yeah, I'm really passionate about it because I really feel like teachers are our best resources when it comes to professional development. And I trust them and I believe in them. They're professionals. And if you give them the opportunity to lead and you give them the opportunity to collaborate, great things happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I really like the idea of the tots and um, just, you know, having them go in a short period of time, not necessarily a whole class period and really, you know, being able to talk with the teacher it might not be their subject area teacher but just anybody get ideas because like you said it's yeah. the best pd when you're finding out what's going on in the building yeah that you really don't know about unless you take the time yeah. to observe and and also an important thing is giving teachers the time to observe because sometimes they're like with between planning and duties you know they don't really yes. have that time so. yeah yeah we're, we're lucky at the middle school you know we have a team time every day and we just tapped into that and that made it a little bit easier for us. Um, but the funny thing is, is sometimes on someone's personal plan, I'll see them sitting in a classroom. I'm like, that's really cool. You know, you walk by and you see that and you're like, okay, you know, it's really fun to watch people wanting to get better and grow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, tell me a little bit about the journey to principalship. You told me you've always been at the middle school level, but when yes. you started teaching, that wasn't your first choice. And you told me about your, your interview and kind of how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, one of those that when I, you know, was getting ready to graduate and, and student teach and I was, okay, I'm going to be a high school teacher. I want to coach. I, you know, I thought I liked the high school level age the best. And, and it was really competitive years ago. And, you know, I remember having a, I think I got one high school interview. I didn't get the job mm -hmm. and then a middle school called and I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to go on this interview. <laughs> and I remember walking out of that interview saying that is an awesome team. And I love the principal and assistant principal. And, you know, this was before cell phones were really big and, and I just graduated. So I was still living at home. And I remember it was about a 40 minute drive to get home. And I, when I got home, my mom said, hey, that principal you just interviewed with is already calling you. That's probably a good sign. So I ended up accepting the job and mm -hmm. I have not looked back. About a month into my, my teaching career, my middle school career, mm -hmm. I, this was my jam. This <laughs> like middle school was for me. I was like, whole, I like connected with the kids and it just felt right. And I, and I told myself, yeah, I'm never 
I'm never looking back. I will always be a middle school person. And so I taught middle school. Uh, I was a dean in the middle school. I was an assistant principal in a middle school. And then, you know, now as a, a principal in a middle school. And I don't see myself ever doing anything other than what I'm doing. I love my job. It is... It is just awesome to come to Harder Middle School every day. It is awesome to be a principal. I just enjoy what I do. And I just don't want to do anything other than what I'm doing. And, and that was the whole reason I got into administration is because I felt like I wanted to give back more. I felt like I had the ability to maybe give back more and make a larger impact. Um, and so that's why, you know, I started to pursue that, that part of my career but I always wanted to be a principal. I've always had a, a, a deep appreciation for principals. I think of some of the principals I had when I was a student, I still think of them and I still think, well, what would they do in this situation? Because I had so much respect for what they were doing uh, throughout my, my career. And then again, my, my principal when I was a teacher was just a true mentor, was a true coach. I still keep, keep in touch with him because he he, he's had such a large impact um, not only my career, but my life. He's, he's an amazing person, amazing guy. And uh, he pretty much re reaffirmed that, yep, I want to be a principal because I feel like I have the, the, the passion to give back and, and, and make hopefully a larger impact with all students, all parents, all staff. And so that's, that's kind of my history. And, uh, you know, if you talk to me 15 years from now, I'll probably be sitting in the same seat. <laughs> Mm -hmm. still do, still doing this <laughs> mm -hmm. well that's what makes the this podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network better today better tomorrow and the podcast to get you there explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com now let's get back to the episode that's principles those who are really passionate about serving right it's that servant yes. leader mindset yes. and yeah. wanting the best for not only the students but the stakeholders and the staff like we've mentioned yeah so, yeah. so talk to me a little bit about uh, the kind of professional development that you like to lead and participate in uh we have the teach better conference coming up in a week uh, yep. as a recording uh but you also have told me that you like to speak uh, in the ed leadership cohort at the university of Illinois. yeah so um years ago, and I haven't done this in a while, I, I'm a certified Project Chris trainer, district mm -hmm. trainer, okay. um, where I'm able to help um, schools and teachers implement Project Chris strategies. There's 50 plus of them that really focus on metacognition and students taking ownership in the learning process. So it's still something I draw upon, you know, to this day, even though I haven't done one in quite some time. Uh, because learning is learning and there are some practices out there that stand the test of time. So occasionally you'll find me doing something uh, with learning activities and metacognition and even maybe personalized learning. Uh, but a lot of what I've been doing lately is more with leadership. And, and so I, I've had the opportunity for the past six or seven years to work with a couple local uh, universities and working with ed leadership students, you know, who are in their master's. And I looked at it this way. I thought, if I want to make the largest impact possible, I, it, it's almost kind of like starting at the beginning. I, I want to work with people that are interested in becoming an administrator or in a leadership position, and then hopefully share with them, here are some experiences and here are some successes I've had, and here's why I believe 
you know, these experiences has been so positive. And it's been a, a truly rewarding experience because I, I, I get emails or people will DM me on Twitter, of, you know, thank you. I, I heard you say this and, and you know, I'm really passionate and I'm really excited to begin my, you know, administrative career. Um, but I, I guess if I could go back just a handful of years of why I really wanted to do this, the moment where it, it struck me, where I told myself, you got to do something. <laughs> you, you can't sit back and listen to some of this stuff and not try to do something. And I was at the inaugural, the very first ever Teach to Lead Summit down in Louisville, Kentucky. And I was surrounded by some amazing educators worldwide, not even just nationwide, worldwide. I was like a kid in a candy store. I was seeing people that I knew from Twitter that are authors. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is the greatest thing ever. But I brought two teachers down with me. And at the time it was, I was a principal and uh, we, we befriended a group from San Diego and we hung out, we got to know each other. And when we started working on one of the work days, it just came out that I was a principal <laughs> and uh, I never really told anyone I was a principal. I just said, Hey, I'm Brian. Right. And we just introduced our, ourselves. And, and one of the ladies at the table said, you're a principal. You don't act like a principal. And I'm like, <laughs> what does a principal act like? Please tell me. No, I'm interested. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and unfortunately she started telling me stories of, of, of principals wanting the power, wanting the control. Mm -hmm. uh, and then other people from the table were chiming in like, oh yeah, I've worked for somebody who knew that the decision was wrong, but wasn't going to change it because they didn't want to be wrong. And I, I literally apologized to everyone at the table and said, if you've had an awful experience, I apologize because that's not what being a principal to me is. You know, servant leadership is, is everything I believe in. And I am more than happy to say, Yep, I messed up. My bad. Let me fix it. Um, and it just sounded like they had awful experiences. And that was the moment where I told myself, if you're going to make an impact, you know, work with people as they're entering the administrative career and try to hopefully make an impact in a way of this is what leadership should be. This is what servant leadership is. And, and really, this is how you should conduct yourself. And that's why it's been such so like this work has been so important to me simply because I don't want teachers to have those experiences because I feel like if teachers are having those experiences, kids are unfortunately having those experiences. And I want to do anything I can ever do to help people understand what a leadership position really truly entails. And so that's why my focus has been more on the administrative side, whereas earlier in my principal career, I would probably say I was a little bit more geeked up with uh, learning activities and, and, and teaching and learning type of workshops. But this is kind of where my passion is now. And, and, and I love doing it. And I love that people are asking me to come speak and, and, and work with people. So I, I, hopefully I can continue to do that. And hopefully I can continue to make an impact. And at those uh, cohorts, um, when you speak a few times a year, do you speak on a particular topic? Yeah, I so I, I kind of do like my leadership 101. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The very first time I did it, I walked in and it was more of just a Q&A. Okay. And then I got to know the professor a little bit. And I said, hey, based on a lot of the questions I, I got tonight, and then just some of the questions I usually get in general when people talk to me, 
I'd like to put together a small presentation that would probably hit a lot of this, but then it would really demonstrate what I believe leadership is and what it could look like. And so I have a, a mini presentation. I would say it's about 20 minutes based, really based on questions I have been asked over the years. And then what I like to do as well is just open it up. Like, what questions do you have? You know, how can I help you? Is there anything that I can clarify for you? And so it's like this formal part, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. Mm -hmm. And then it's more of a informal, like, let's talk. And I'll sit at a chair and we'll just... <laughs> We'll just have a discussion and, and you know, question after question and, and uh, hopefully, you know, they get their answers. And, and and so it's, again, formal, informal, but I try to just allow it to be as informal as possible. Yeah. And I think I mentioned in the pre-chat, even though I did my principal licensure program 11, 12 years ago, I remember sometimes we have those people come in who were in the field. I mean, a lot of the people that you're teaching those courses are retired principals or superintendents yep. and you know, they're just kind of at the college level, but to have those Q&As with those people who are currently principals or HR directors, things like that really gives you a perspective Yeah, because you're, you're able to kind of find out um, more uh, just kind of from that variety of um, people who come in um, for the field. Um, yeah. So I'm connected with you as I mentioned through the Teach Better team. We're both Teach Better bloggers. Yes. Um, you've had some blogs a few years ago. Tell me a little bit about what um, you've written about and kind of what you might want to publish later. You said you just haven't shared out very much recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't call myself a writer, but I do yeah. a lot of I do a lot of writing, and I mm -hmm. have, you know, it seems like a million spiral notebooks that dates me mm -hmm. a little bit, right? Because I I've been writing since high school, and now everything's electronic. It's all in a yeah. Google folder. And, and I just write and I write all the time. And sometimes I, I see, you know, I write something. I'm like, I'm good. I think that's what I just needed to do. And other times I look at it and, and I edit it and I decide I want to share it with the world. And, um, you know, when I first wrote for Teach Better, Caitlin Giordano was a teacher in, in the building here. And uh, she came down and said, I'd love for you to to blog with the teach better teams sure all right and i took the easy route of what kind of some of the things i talked about with teacher leadership and just you know trusting the teachers and in providing that autonomy for them to be excellent and um and so i took an easy route and then I, she came back down a few weeks after the first one was published and said hey will you keep writing i said sure but i almost want to do a series on mental health because mm -hmm. at the time and this was pre-pandemic but at the time I was really truly feeling the stress of the teachers because there's always so much going on. There's a lot of mandates, no matter what state you are uh, that you teach in. And it's hot. My goal is always, how do I make it easier for staff? Yeah. And so I, um, you know, I decided I was going to write on mental health and just some of the things that I've tried to do inside of the building. And I wanted it to be a, taken as it doesn't matter if you're a principal, a teacher, a para pro, hopefully you can read this and take something away from it that will help you. And so I just started small and, and wrote a lot about mental health of just little things that, that we try to do, or I try to do all the way up into big things. You know, you talked about some professional development and things I've maybe planned. And, you know, I've been the person I've been known on Institute days to take two hours and say, we're not looking at data. We're not looking at this or that, we're going to learn how to take care of ourselves. And, and I think, you know, I think we know how to, but I think sometimes people feel like they need permission. 
you know, like, is it okay that I just took a walk around the building, you know, during my lunch hour? Like, yes, it's totally okay. And you should be doing that. And so I really just started talking about all the different things that I feel like, you know, here's, here are some things that we can do that can help us. And whether it's a brain break or a physical movement break or drawing or doing something that, you know, just takes your mind off of the grind of being a teacher, because as you know, as a teacher, <laughs> at the second you walk in until the second you leave, you are on call, you are going after it. There are no, there's no downtime. There's no. And so my goal was always, how do I help you create just a little bit of downtime that I think you need? And so, um, you know, there was a lot that I put in there. There, there was a lot that I probably shared that I've never shared before about my own mental health that I thought maybe would be beneficial as well. Uh, one of the things I've always tried to do as a principal is just tell people that I, I understand if, you know, you're not feeling well mentally. I'll never judge you. I'll never look at you differently. I'll still love you. I'll still support you. And I will do everything I can to help. Um, and sometimes just people knowing that I understand and I get it, they don't feel alone. They don't, you know, feel isolated. They don't feel weird or different, you know, like <laughs> many times in my life I felt, you know, and so I just don't want anyone to feel that way. I want people to be able to come to school, come to work and be their best. And I realize when they're not at their best, there's nothing wrong with them. They're completely normal. And I want them to know that. So, you know, try to just talk a lot about mental health and, and how it, it really is important to just talk about it try to end that stigma. Because if I walked in with a caster on my leg and walking in on crutches, everybody in the world is going to go, Brian, what happened? Oh, we're so sorry. But if I walk in and I look like a mess mentally, people stay away. And there's like that stigma. And it's what can we do to make people realize that you're not alone? You're totally normal. Yeah. And it's okay not to be okay. Right. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that was really my focus. And then you know, I, I wrote a, again during the pandemic and published, and it was more on kind of mental health again. But I've been writing about a hundred different topics, <laughs> and I haven't like now like I've been writing. And I'm like, hmm, what do I want to share with the world? And I just don't know if I'm ready to share anything. Yeah. Yet. And uh, but I will eventually, and you know, I probably should dabble in some other areas or topics. And but uh, mental health has always been a really big. Uh, mm -hmm it's been really important, really big in my life. And, and mm -hmm. it, it means a lot to me to, to talk about it and focus on it and, and try to end that stigma. Yeah. And I don't think um, we can say enough about mental health and just the fact that, you know, there are some teachers who think, you know, well, maybe I can't leave the building to get fresh air, right. Yeah. In yeah. some buildings or you know, they need to be glued to, you know, their desk or in their room and, you know, kind of walk to the building the whole duty day. Um, I mean, that's the, the walk around the building is something I've been doing for the past eight years. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, great. The, the whole, um, you know, I had some headaches and that's what the, the doctor prescribed. It's just like, I need fresh air. I don't care if it's yes. cold. I mean, I'm a runner, so I'll like I'll be outside. It's cold too. Running, yeah. you know, but it's just getting that, like breaking up your day you have that, like, I think it re-energizes you for the afternoon. And yeah. um, like you said, I think a lot more focus was on mental health uh, during the 21-22 school year when 
a lot of teachers were out um, with COVID or out just for mental health days. Um, yeah. And there was a lot of coverage that needed to be done. But I, I just hope this is not something that goes away now that we're back kind of in normal pre-pandemic mode. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I fear that there are sometimes those in the building who feel like they need that permission to take care of themselves or take a day off or, you know, you don't see it. Like, uh, it's, it, like you said, if people are struggling, like you yeah. can see it if they have a cast on, but you don't see it if they're emotionally struggling. So, yeah. You know, for me, you know, I'm the person that's always said Maslow before Bloom. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have that same philosophy for the staff, then shame on me. Yeah. And uh, th- there are teachers that feel like sometimes they need permission to just take care of themselves. And, mm-hmm. and I want them to know that you don't need permission, that mm-hmm. I want you to be at your best. And if that's mm-hmm. what you need to do to be at your best, then do it. Mm-hmm. Because it, it was really difficult, you know, because coming or even during the pandemic, we kept talking about learning loss. And I thought to myself, learning losses, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But if we don't learn how to take care of ourselves and take care of each other, then we'll never get there. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we have amazing educators in this country. And I can speak for my building here. We have a super talented staff. And I have no worries that if there were learning gaps or learning losses, that those will get filled in eventually. But what I was a little bit more worried about was letting them know or you know, them feeling like they couldn't take care of themselves because there's always so much going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah we're taking care of so many things with students yes we, we can't effectively take care of and instruct our students when we're taking yeah. care of ourselves yeah so important. yeah well yes. we've had a great conversation today about your journey to leadership um your writing um, your philosophy on teacher leadership out of everything we've talked about on the podcast, what's one thing you'd like listeners to remember? Oh boy. <laughs> if you saw my office right now, you see the <laughs> 10,000 quotes I have everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go with a quote. I'm, I'm going to, what I would like everyone to know is be you. It's okay to be you. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've over the years, sometimes scrolling through Twitter, can be the most overwhelming experience because you see all of these people in different schools doing these amazing things. And you're like, Oh, we should be doing that. Why aren't we doing that? (laughs) You know, and you just start panicking. You're like, why am I panicking? What am I doing? You know? And the thing I learned is that just be you like what your kids need, what you're building, what your school needs is you to be you be the authentic, genuine, you no excuses, no regrets, just be you. And it's okay to be different. It's okay to have different thoughts and philosophies. And, but at the end of the day, show up, love your kids and, and do everything you can for them and, and love your, your colleagues and do everything you can for them. And if you have that simple BU philosophy of doing something like that, I think you'll make a very large difference in the lives of your students, but even the people that you work with. So BU, that's what the world needs. That's what your building needs. And it's okay. It's, it's okay to be different. You don't have to be like the teacher down the hall. You don't mm-hmm. have to be like the teacher on Twitter that does all these amazing mm-hmm. things. <laughs> to be you and just just care, show up, care, and, and, and love what you do, and you're going to be awesome. So mm-hmm. just be you. Great. Where can people connect with you and find you online? So I'm on Twitter uh, at Brian Faulkner44. Um, and I always say this when I speak to the cohorts, as we talked about earlier. 
look, you can DM me, you can tweet me. I will always get back to you. And that is a, a guarantee, a promise I always make to anyone. If you want to talk about anything further, you want to want me to elaborate on anything, mm-hmm. just reach out to me at Brian Faulkner 44 on Twitter. And I will get back to you. I, I'm happy to connect. I'm happy to do whatever it is. Because at the end of the day, as Joe San Filippo says, we're all in this together, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast yes. today. Talk well, about thank your you for passions. Yes. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Take care. My book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators, has now been published. Get it now at A-M-Z-N dot T-O slash 3B7-2-Z. Again, A-M-Z-N dot T-O slash 3B7-H-X-2-Z. Check out the show notes on danagoodier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at out of trenches PC. Mm-hmm.